As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, this is Megan, and welcome to Genealogy Explorer, where we dive into the family history of listeners just like you. This is our first podcast in a few months after I was taking a hiatus uh, just due to grad school, moving, and starting my student teaching semester. And that's all great, but I'm glad to be back. Today, we have a very special guest, my own father, Lee Bullock. Thank you so much for coming on today. Hi, sweetheart. You okay? Yeah, yeah, good, good. Just happy to be back on the uh, podcast grind. It's, it's it's hard, especially being in grad school. It's uh, kind of hard to get these podcast episodes out uh, as often as I want to, but uh, finally settled and able to get back into it. Yeah, it's, it's essentially you just got to get get the priorities straight and mm-hmm. get everything nailed down in terms of your studies and and um, and go from there. Really, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's just, it's all about settling down. Cause like I said, I just moved and I just got a new student teaching job and, you know, just had to settle before I jump back into it. So I don't know, just very happy to be back into it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. You're doing really well. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, We're focusing today on how we found my dad's sister using Ancestry and Facebook. And just for the sake of privacy, we'll, we will be referring Um, to his sister and his niece. So his sister's daughter, we'll be referring to them as his sister, his niece, niece, not using uh, first names just for privacy reasons. Uh, But let's start at the beginning, uh, basically with how we both started doing this family history research just to begin with, because uh, what's the story there? Because I know we basically we were supposed to go out that night. And then instead, we were just like, let's start building a family tree. And then it just spiraled out of control from there. And that's how I started. Well, um, You'd come over to visit me mm-hmm. in the UK, um, and we were meant to go to a um, a, a rock and metal night. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that, oh, gosh. I remember that. <laughs> friend of mine was was running, and um, and these nights generally have a have a um, fancy dress element to it. Mm-hmm. And you were trying your best to get me to do something for this and it's like I am not doing this <laughs> I'm oh, yeah. really not, I, I think, will never live this down I think it was like Disney night where we had to dress up as kind of like a scary Disney character like like you know I was gonna I was actually gonna go for like a bell dressed as 
uh, like dressed as Belle, but like she had been attacked by the beast or something. So we we're going to have like gore and stuff. And it, it was a crazy Disney night. And I was trying to get him to um, dress up, but it just wasn't happening. It was definitely not happening. <laughs> I found every way to get out of that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was, yeah, I tried every, every way. I was like, I'm dressing up. You got to dress up. But no, it was not happening. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. So we were, we were going to, and then plans didn't really work out. So what did we do instead? <laughs> we, 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 we had a, we had a night in, we played video games mm-hmm. uh, and you had uh, downloaded Ancestry. Yeah. We, I, I went to a family reunion and I was like, I have no idea how I'm related to any of these people. And I'm just gonna, you know, because I'm weird and I just wanted things to be organized. I was like, I'll just make a family tree and organize everything and see how I'm related to everyone. Uh, so yeah, so I, we started building the tree and then you started telling me about parts of your family that you didn't know about. So we started digging into that and digging into other things and it just spiraled out of control. And then Genealogy Explorer was born because I loved it. And I just want to start, I started to do it for myself. Then I started to do it for other people. Then I made a TikTok channel and then that blew up and it just snowballed into this giant thing, which by the way, I'm going to plug this in right here real quick. I do have a meeting tomorrow with the uh, Ancestry social media team. Uh, so they want to start a partnership with me. I, by the time this comes out, uh, you'll know whether or not I have it. I might clip it out if I don't get it, but, uh, if I do get it, I'll leave this in, uh, that I will be partnering with them and they will be basically providing me with, you know, first looks at products that they're getting. And it's very exciting. So it went from this weird little night where we were just like, let's make a family tree because we didn't decide to go to this weird Disney night at this club. And then it went from that to I'm being sponsored by the biggest genealogy company in the entire world. Uh, it always goes to show that you never know where a path is going to take you. And oh, yeah. I've been in a similar situation myself, that the smallest thing that you do, that one small thing you do, all of a sudden leads you down a completely different path. And oh, yeah. I think this is I think it's amazing. I really do. Like I said, um, hopefully I get it because if I don't get it, I will just cut this part out. But if I have get, it in there, it'll be funny. And then you guys can listen in on me yeah. being of <laughs> me self-doubting again. So <laughs> yeah, so, self-doubt is um it that's a very common thing, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and it's and you know this even as a as as a as, as a former maths undergraduate. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> that's um this is uh, that self-doubt and imposter syndrome mm-hmm. is rife. It, it's, it's absolutely rife in people. And invariably, the people who have imposter syndrome are the ones who are actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. That's what usually usually it's like that. But I don't know in my case. But I because uh, <laughs> uh, uh, if anyone doesn't know, uh, I do genealogy. But my main subject in school, I studied math. I got my Bachelor of Science in Mathematics a couple of years ago. And now I'm student teaching and will be teaching math in a classroom, I think, in middle grades. And then I'm preferring to go up to high school eventually. But that's where I'm at right now. But uh, yeah, we were at. So let's go back to the uh, the night where we were trying to do stuff so then you told me about the sister that you had um that you never met and you you guys knew about each other and um so give me a little bit of backstory about about that so my father um joseph was um was married before um to a woman called nally uh before he met my mother um so my father had a life before 
see my mum. And my mum was like 11 years younger than my father when, when um, and obviously, you know, when we got together and stuff. Um, and my father uh, had, a, had a daughter um, oh. with Bowie. Um, and she was born in 45, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, and fast forward, basically, Nally died. Um, and fast forward to the 60s. Um, and like, I think it was 66. And my father met, meets my mum. And they, they get together and uh, they get married. And... Um, my mum's 38 and, I'm, and my father was 49. Uh, I was born. Um, and basically, you know, my father was, um, was a, an ex-naval commando in the Second World War. He was, on the, he was on the Normandy landings. And he was a very unique individual, shall we say. He was um, mm-hmm. really warm-hearted, wonderful sense of humour, amazing father. He really was an amazing father. Um, and you know he was he was a bit of a legend, shall we say? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and growing up, um, I to point on to find a point out, I didn't have I didn't have the, the greatest of relationships with my mother. Really, I had um, I had much much closer relationship with my father than my mother. Really, um, and. What I always remember early on growing up was was whispers. There was a whisper that um, my father had had a daughter, you know, had a had a had a another daughter elsewhere um, from a previous marriage. But because of the way my mother was, she was never. We were never allowed to mention it, and it, she, my sister the existence of my sister and everything about my sister was a real taboo subject in the house. Um, and so we weren't, there was no discussion. There was, I wasn't allowed to ask about her. Um, and essentially you end up not asking, you end up um, just realising that this is the way things are in the house and this is the way they remain. Um, my father still maintained contact with them on occasion, you know, uh, particularly in the particularly in the early eighties, um, and I really regret that. I really regret the fact that I didn't have that time to get to know my sister and get to know her daughter. I mean, um, I knew I knew snippets about them. I knew a last name, but I wasn't sure how that last name was was spelt. Because there were many different ways to spell it. Um, I had, I knew, I knew the last city they were in, um, and obviously this is all prior to social media. Mm-hmm. And so, where do you start? You know, sort of, you know, I grew, I grew into adulthood, um, and these things just get pushed to the to the back of your mind. So you know, I meet your mom, and we have we have you, and we have your sister. Um, and other things come along, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. other kind of tra- tragic events happen that, you know, what we're talking about. And, um, 
and you know my mother dies and all this and and so I never really got an opportunity to find out anything my mother would not tell me anything after my father died in 91 Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't wasn't even worth asking you know because it would just cause an argument right so I just put it to the back of my mind I kind of thought to myself well I'll never meet them on occasion I would look when social media came along and I would I would do some searches on Facebook and all this, but I didn't have ancestry or anything like that. Right. And the the uh, I, I always drew a blank. I could never because obviously it was such a wide range of of spellings of names and sort of where they could it was like trying to find a needle in a haystack. And mm-hmm. it was it was really hard work. Um so obviously me and you we connected in 2010. Yeah. After some time away. Yeah. And, um, and that was when I started filling you in on the blanks of your background, of your of your heritage. Yeah. And to you about, you know, my father's side of the family and told you all about the, you know, the family histories of, um, of my side. And then obviously you came over and, we had that party. Right. Um, 2019. Wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. It was yeah. wonderful. And we um we obviously I managed to quite deftly get out of that party, that uh, that party night at uh, at the at the the local club, which I was really happy about. <laughs> yeah, it was a big it was a huge family reunion reunion, about 50 people, 50 or 60 yeah. people, all on my mother's side. This isn't his family. This is all on my mother's side. Like no one like obviously no one on his side of the family was there because well we we'll get into that later. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there was it was all my mother's side and and my dad. <laughs> and so I, I'm sure you guys can imagine. Um, you know, that was our first bit of a fish out of water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nothing against nothing against my mother's side of the family. I mean, they're wonderful and they're great to him, but like it they was, really are. Yeah. I mean, that that's one point I would like to make is the fact that your mum's side of the family have, have have been really really nice and they've been and they've been really good, been really good since you know since yeah. since I got back in touch and you know spoken to them and stuff. So yeah, it was a bit. It was definitely a bit overwhelming. So we come back and he's telling me about his sister and I'm just like no I'm actually not okay with the fact that you haven't been able to find her which I is <laughs> which is I might add to the listeners is a very Megan thing to think it's a very Megan attitude no I'm not okay with this we're sorting this out now yeah I, I just felt like I was like I feel like this shouldn't be as hard as as it is because like I'm looking I'm we looking at the ancestry thing and you were telling me you know all the information like you said that your your dad and his first wife got married in 46 um then uh your sister was born a couple of years later and then um then they get he gets remarried like what like in the 60s so she's like 18 at that point or something like she's yeah, not yeah, she's yeah. not a kid uh so yeah. he was filling me in with all this information uh so i'm your just like well yeah yeah we had a few photos and i was like this is all we have i was like okay well <laughs> I mean, one of the good things is about the photos is that we can make estimates. Mm-hmm. We knew the date of like, like wedding photos, and we could make estimates mm-hmm. of the age of the of the ages of the people in the photos, which gave us then a bracket to look up ages in birth records. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we knew kind of how old they were and we knew, um, his sister's name. We knew his niece's name and we knew, uh, the married name of his sister. So we were like, let's just put that in ancestry and see what we can find and go through the documents and figure out, you know, where we can find her. Because if we can find where she lives or literally anything, maybe we can find her on Facebook, uh, which is, which is such a silly thing to say, but like, you know, that seems like a, such a simple answer, but I didn't think it was yeah. going to be that simple, but it ended up being that simple. Uh, Cause I signed up for an ancestry account. I was like, whatever, I'll just pay the monthly fee. Um, I think that helped enormously. Yeah. Um, just purely for cross-referencing of records. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that was where, where this, where this um, really came into. So, so I'd, I'd half-heartedly been looking for many years mm-hmm. for, for, for my sister and, and my niece. And we had gone to visit my parents' grave and uh, my grandmother's grave. Do you remember? Yes, I remember. And, Whilst we were doing all this, Megan's flurrying away on a phone. She's she's doing something on the phone. And when we were walking back, um, she turns around to me and goes, I found them. And I was like, what? <laughs> she goes, I found them. And lo and behold, she had found them. Yeah, we, we found uh, where what's because the problem was when you looked them up on Facebook, uh, there are tons of people with that name and we didn't know who it was going to be and like no way to narrow it down. But the one way we did narrow it down was the electoral roll on Ancestry, which led us to the right town that she lived in. So I looked up that town and her name and I was able to cross-reference her and her daughter both on the account with yeah. with the right birthdays. And I was like, I think this is them. You go through the friends list, mm-hmm. you look for the name of the daughter with the same last name mm-hmm. that popped up and you think, well, what are the chances? You know, right town, right relationships, right name. And that was it. Yeah. And then uh, it took a while uh, to message because it's not like you said, it's before we, we started this conversation, we had another conversation about how difficult it is to uh, contact new family because uh, it's very scary. So if you want to go into that, the whole process of sending that first message. Um, because, because I've lived as an only child with, with no, no in-house siblings, um, the concept of having siblings and a, a long-lost sibling was really pretty alien to me. It was a difficult thing for me to, for me to assimilate um on how how do i deal with this how do i how do i go to somebody who is essentially a stranger and say i'm your brother (laughs) and then you start thinking well oh god they're not going to want to have to deal with this this is this is you know that many people would have the concept of let sleeping dogs lie i don't want to know and then i have to deal with the fact well after all these years, am I okay with that? Am I okay with that that rejection? Yeah. So I had to consider that. Am I okay with that rejection? Can I weather that? Okay, if they decide that that's what they want, mm-hmm. you know, and and it would be totally understandable if they did. You know, um, people have their lives and they want a stable environment for their lives, and they, you know, it's something. It's, it's taking a risk. 
And there's also that age gap too, because she's quite a bit older than you, isn't she? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. 25 years and more actually. Um, And from my perspective, you know, it was, well, how, how do I approach this? You know, I don't want to upset somebody, you know, and bring up the past and dig things up, which may be very painful. Um, so what I did was I waited, if you remember, I waited a year. Yeah, it was a quite a while. <laughs> waited a year before I contacted them and um, and thought deeply about it and thought, you know, well, I've got this option now. What do I want to do with this information? You know, instead of jumping straight in and um, without without much without much kind of deliberation and uh, and reflection, do I want to do this? You know, is this something that I want to do? Because sometimes it's a case of you know, be careful what you wish for, right? Right. Um. And I messaged. I remember the night because you had turned around to me and said, "If not now, when?" Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. You said, if not now, when? When are you going to do it? Yeah. And um, I remember, <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of another time that does as well. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that night just crafting that message, putting it in and just thinking, send, press send. And, oh, God, well, it's done now. Let's see if we get a reply. And if you remember, it took quite a long time for a reply to come. Right. Yeah. She. I don't think she uses Facebook as often, but eventually, uh, I think. I think her daughter had messaged you first. I think you had messaged both of them, and yeah, she had reached yeah, out yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she had spoken to me, and and one of the good things is the daughter, because um, the daughter's same age as me, like to within a couple of years. Um, she kind of gatekeeped this a little bit, which. I think was the absolute sensible option. It was, you know, because they didn't know who I was, you know. Um, they saw the photo of my father and it's like, yes, you are absolutely my family. Um, but it was, it was then a, a careful road of introduction. And even now, we don't talk, we don't really talk that often, particularly with, you know, um, the pandemic has, has messed things up in terms of, being able to actually go and meet people, you know, um, and people's priorities have been kind of messed up by the pandemic. Right. You know? um, so I think if the pandemic hadn't been there, we probably would have at least had a meeting, you know, a meetup, you know. To, yeah. And then, you know, it, but again, I mean, I think this is in, interesting for your listeners because it's it highlights the fact that, Yes, you found long lost family, but the struggle doesn't end there because then you've got to get to know them and you've got to be mindful of their needs, not just your own. And you've got to be and you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful how you approach situations because you don't know what other people's lives are like and you don't know what other people's attitudes to life are like, you know, and a new person coming in and and um and doing this you know it's um it's it's a very difficult thing and it has to be handled with quite a lot of quite a lot of thought i feel yeah yeah 
Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree because you don't want to jump into it and freak them out or, you know, but you also don't want to sit there and wait and think, oh, should I message them? Should I message them? Should I message them? Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, you run out of time because, you know, well, you don't know if anything life, can happen. Because life moves on. Yeah. Life moves and, on. <laughs> and I think this is really where, you know, we, genealogy is about searching for and finding those roots. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's sometimes interesting to know, well, what do you do when you found those roots? Yeah. Yeah. What do you do when you found those roots? And how do you assimilate that into your life? You know, and how does they do do they assimilate it into theirs? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's is really kind of very stark to me is um how it's made me reframe things in my past and, and reframe my view of my father. You know, that my father had this completely other life, you know. And he never forgot about his daughter, he never forgot about his, his granddaughter. Yeah. You know. And talking to my niece, she she has her own very warm memories of my father. You know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think from that perspective, that's made me kind of reassess, you know, the fact that, you know, my father was was not just a father, he was a man. And he was a man who had had a had a history and had a life, you know. Yeah. And that's humanized. And I guess in a way that's humanized him. Um, so what's been the most interesting or exciting thing you've learned about your father through this new connection you have with your sister? Well, <laughs> one of the things my sister gave me were, were, were a load of photographs um, of my father um, after the war with Nelly. Um, and to give a little bit of background about my father to, to your listeners, um, my father was born in 1925. He joined the Navy at 16 years old um, and lied about his age. And he ended up um, being the colourful character he was. He ended up in, um, in the naval prison called the Glass House for various nefarious actions one of which was uh, going absent without leave to visit his brother and then ended up in uh, a a slight altercation with his commanding officer and he was thrown into the glass house. And my father then was, they were were then looking at the the allied invasion of France. Um, So we were looking at Mm -hmm. D-Day. And so... Obviously, this was the Normandy landings in, in, on June 6th, 1944. And my father was recruited from Naval Prison, what they call the Glass House. <clears throat> and he was um, recruited for the Naval Commandos, who were basically the, pretty much the first on the beaches in Operation, Nor- in Operation uh, Neptune, which was the the British part of the Normandy landings in the liberation of France. Um, And so my father was 19. um, Just um, actually hadn't even turned 19 because it was June 6th. 
My father was born in August. So he was still 18 years old when uh, when D-Day went. So he was 18 years old and he was and he was in the liberation of France, um, Western Europe. And the my father came out of the Second World War, um, Marie Snelly. And one of the things that uh, and my sister gave me a load of photos, sent me a load of photos, and there's this wonderful photo of my father on this military bike, on this military motorbike, BSA. And I had a biker friend of mine um, uh, identify the exact model. Um, and it was a it was a wartime motorbike, and uh, he's got this. Um, Sleeveless shirt, sleeveless kind of tank top shirt on, with Nelly on a, on riding pillion on the back, and my dad looks a <laughs> scary looking guy, you know. Mm-hmm. He looks he looks hard as nails, you know, and he, he looks cool, you know. He he looked um, you know, like serious fire in his belly, you know. He, you know, he was a, you know. Pretty cool guy. And and that really kind of one of the things that gave me an insight into that my father wasn't just always the man I remembered. You know, obviously he was 49 when he had me. And um, I remember an older man, you know, um, kind of a very mellow, chilled out older man, you know. And, and then this kind of reminded me that my father wasn't always like that, you know. And this was always one of the things which growing up I found hard to reconcile which was the man I knew and the stories about my father that were told to me by some of my dad's friends like yeah you know I won't mention names but some of his old friends and um some of the uh, and some of the things my mother used to say about my father when you know even when he was in his 40s you know so I could only imagine what my father was like in his 20s you know and um, and uh and and thirties, you know, I, I like I say, I have, as you know, Megan, I've got loads of stories about how my mother and father met, right, you know, in that club. You know what I mean? When my father was the um, was the was the barman, and he was a he's a, <laughs> a crazy dude, you know. Yeah. And that I mean that for me, I think talking to talking to my sister and. And seeing these photos and seeing this different aspect of my father that, you know, that, you know, a lot, you know, who my father was, you know, was kind of alien to him because he died when I was a kid. I was 16. Um, And then realizing that, you know, my father has been through a lot of the same things I've been through and worse. And, you know, he's and he had his own his own life, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just added a lot of depth for me. Yeah. It added a lot of depth. And that, so in answer to your question, that to me was the most exciting or the most, the most fulfilling thing mm-hmm. that I found really. Yeah. Yeah. I could imagine because you, you've only, you only knew him when he was older and just having that other side of him just kind of be unlocked whenever uh, yeah. you we connected yeah. with her uh, that yeah. must have been just very valuable 
like information and the photos. And I, I, I saw some of the photos and, you know, photos I've never seen before too. Like you've never seen them. I've never seen them. So I know we connected with your sister and your niece, but we also connected with a whole nother part of your uh, dad's side of the family. When I took the, uh, when I took the DNA test and yeah, then connected yeah, yeah. with like a distant cousin, and then it completely unlocked like that entire, like your father's side of the family. Uh, cause, yeah. uh, your grandfather, um, so my great grandfather, your father's father was married, uh, no, 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 her, sorry, your grandmother, your father's mother was married twice. So we connected yes. with, uh, yeah. the family from her first marriage and connected them with us. Uh, so that was exciting. Um, it, and we, we got, actually. yeah, we got tossed in a giant family group chat on Facebook, uh, and they, they were some interesting characters and it was really fun to connect. And they, even some of those people also had stories about your father as well, how they knew him. Like it seemed like everybody knew your father, like my grandfather, yeah. everyone knew him. Everyone had a story to tell. Um, yeah. and that's, that's exciting. And just connecting with them and connecting with your sister and your niece, what was the scariest part about all of this? Oh, again, it was, um, I'm, I'm, my personality is I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of an intro, fairly introverted person, really. So being thrown into new social situations like that, I, I, you know, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's not the easiest thing for me to just jump in and go, hi, you know. Yeah. It's like you, Megan, you're, you're the extrovert in the family, you know. So. Yeah, I'm really annoying. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, I will message, if you're, if I think you're related to me and I think you might have helpful information or a photo or anything, I will be in your messages and I will be hounding you for information. I mean, if you tell me to back off, I'll back off. I won't harass you, but I will send that first message always. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got landed into this group chat and, um, and I was just like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to say to them, you know. It's, um, and I think what happened was, was there was, um, is it my father's niece on that side? Oh, gosh. Uh, I think so. Something like that. It's like, I think it's a niece. I, I've lost or, track of it. Wow. Yeah, it's, yeah, I've also lost track of all the relationships. I'd have to check. I'd have to check the, uh, the, the I mean, family this individual, tree. This individual was was like good friends with my sister, and she had loads of uh, really warm memories of my father. and And we've connected on Facebook, um, and had a brief chat and, and stuff like that. And uh, just it's just again, it, this is this is a, a marathon, not a sprint, you know. So I'm hoping that along the line we can have a you know, when we're both, when the, the pandemic's calmed down and everything else, we can, you know, we can connect properly. We can have a, a chat and, you know, and swap photos and talk a little bit about my dad and, you know, and about what things were like then, you know, and um, and what that family was like, you know. Well, that, that, leads, that, leads, that leads really well into my next question, which is what else, uh, what more would you like to learn uh, as you reconnect with this new family? Um, the biggest thing I regret about my father was that I never got to know my father in adulthood. So I knew my father as a child, me being a child, and you know, my father being 
my father, you know, that that massive presence, you know, in your life. And and he was a massive presence. Make no bones about it. My father was a an, an extremely uh, large, cast a large shadow over a lot of people, you know, in, in a positive way, you know, he was he was a massive presence. And I always wanted to have that relationship with my father on a kind of adult equal basis as well. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Much like how we are, Megan, right? Yeah. I'm 47 years old, 26. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, you're my daughter, but our interactions are, are based in mutual adult respect, you know? Yeah. And, and we're not hiding anything, and, you know, and we can't, you know, it, it, it's that type of thing, you know. Um, and I would have liked to have had that relationship with my father evolve to that point. I'd have loved to have known my father as, a, as an adult. Yeah. And I feel that me reconnecting with that side of the family gives me a snippet, gives me a flavour of what my father was really like. Yeah. You know, to know him as an adult, not to know him as your son, not to know him as, you know, like a 10-year-old or 12-year-old, you know, um, but to know who he really was, you know? Yeah. To know who he really was, because I was denied that, and I was I was denied to know anything about my father by my mother, you know, and it was, and I do feel... I was cheated out of that a little bit. Yeah. And that's that's a shame. That's that's you know, and I don't feel it, but I don't feel it's too late. You know, I think I do have that opportunity to be able to just have that that in you know that that kind of connection. And I had a little bit of that actually in the early 2000s because my, my dad's best friend, um Bob, um <laughs> He um, he lived up near where I work, in, and um, and at the time um, it was before I actually worked there. But um, he was with these he was with his then wife who who died, unfortunately died, and and I just um, I spoke to him, you know, and he and he invited me around for a cup of tea. So I went round, and um, so I was, you know. And I sat there with Bob and his wife and and he told me stories, just told me, and I was asking because I needed to know yeah. stories about my dad and what my dad was like when he was at the Potter's Club and what he was like when he met my mom. And and I heard all sorts of funny stories, you know. And, uh, yeah, he was, uh, again, if you, knew, if you met my dad, you wouldn't forget him, you know. Yeah, and, just filling, uh, in, filling in the blanks, basically. Yeah, I and mean, you know some of those stories, Madge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit crazy. After, so after everything you went through, reconnecting with your dad's side of the family, reconnecting with your sister and your niece, and even reconnecting, you know, just with some of your father's friends, uh, what advice would you give to someone who is maybe reluctant or scared to start their journey to find family or or discover new things about their loved ones? What I would say is, 
is um, first, I acknowledge it's terrifying. I acknowledge, particularly if there's a lot of family history and and you know this, and there's always the spectre of um, of uh, digging up the past and what's you know and, and all this. And, um, what I would say is that the happiness and fulfillment you will gain from taking that risk far outweighs the the negatives that come with it. And yeah. even if even if you get rejected and you get pushed back, just understand that it's not personal. And it's and if you do get that pushback, it is literally some people are just not ready. You know, and you've tried and you've explored it. You will never be asking yourself, well, what if? What what you know what would have happened if I had a message? At least then you would know. And the other, the last thing is, is don't expect everything to go perfectly swimmingly. That you will automatically be, you know, an ultra close family unit because that that's not how it always works. And uh, be just temper your expectations a little bit and accept it and be happy with that. You may find that you might get very close. You may find you may not. And it's just a Christmas card at Christmas and happy birthday on Facebook. You know, that's fine too. You know, so just take it as it comes. Well, that's great advice. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on here uh, to talk about your experience uh, with all of that, um, finding your sister and finding your niece and your family. Uh, I think it's really important. I get a lot of requests every day talking about people finding, you know, their adopted parents yeah. or a sister that they know about, or, you know, very, very similar stories. So I know people are listening who are in very, uh, very similar situations. It's not uh, easy. <laughs> it's no, it's definitely not easy, but it is definitely worth it. Yes. Just to try. Yes. And even if, even if you don't want, even if you don't want to message now, keep their details, message mm -hmm. them when you're ready. Yeah you know just take your time but don't take too much time you know because life does move on so just <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 sit on it because you know anything could happen don't but, do what uh, i did and wait a year <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you will just talk yourself out of it over and over and over again so like i said before to my dad if not now when so it's uh just something to think about and just uh it's it's just a, a, just a part of genealogy you know i get these requests every day and uh, so many people are in the same boat and it's just a situation that you don't want to be put in but you know we have the tools we have the technology uh to to dive deeper and to find answers so if not now when it is, yeah it's unfinished business and sometimes you've got to finish that business you know yeah yeah. Well, like I said, thank you so much for coming on here. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to come and talk to me. Uh, Cause I know we, we talk on the phone sometimes and we'll talk for like an hour or two hours, but you know, this is official podcast business. So I appreciate you hopping on here and letting me record and, you know, get this all done. <laughs> I'm honored. I am absolutely honored. Wow. Thank you. I appreciate that. And if anyone listening wants to uh, submit a story or wants to be on the podcast, has any research that they want to submit, um, I do have an email. Uh, that email is 
genealogyexplorerpodcast at gmail.com. That is genealogyexplorerpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to send me an email about anything that you want to talk about, you know, research, a story, a mystery, anything like that, you want to pop on the podcast, we can definitely talk about it. And I'm also a genealogy explorer on TikTok and Instagram as well. Uh, Facebook too, but I'm not very active on Facebook. So you might want to message me on Instagram. Um, or send me an email, I'll definitely respond. Uh, So thank you so much for listening and I will catch you guys next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.